The Butt First Stretch podcast taps into the extraordinary endeavors that ordinary humans are doing daily to better their lives and their community. The goal of these conversations is to lengthen and extend our perspective on fitness, nutrition, holistic health, the mind-body connection, and what motivates us. The final portion of each episode will provide a guided meditation to self-reflect on the theme of the interview. Brought to you by Jennifer McCracken of FitFam Conchi. Hi, I'm Jen McCracken of FitFam Conchi. Welcome back to But First Stretch. I'm so glad that you are joining me. I've been wrapping up 2019 with my monthly fam, FitFam calendar, a guide for local families to get involved in the community and stay healthy together. You can find it on Instagram and FitFam Conchi Facebook page. Use it whenever you can. I want to share a little bit about me. In the New Year episode, we discussed choosing a word for the year. My current word is growth. I set this word goal in September with my fellow yoga teachers at Yoga Home. Kaylin was three months old, and I'm currently taking some time off my job to be home with her and my son. When I had my son, I felt ready to go back to full-time teaching after four months. In September, with both of the kids at home, I could hardly imagine going back. Braden and Kaylin are teaching me so much about love, patience, and living in the moment. Right now, being a full-time mom with my side hustles is extremely fulfilling, and I'm truly grateful for my husband for supporting me and, to be honest, empowering me. I've taken on a few new hats. After two pregnancies, I've been really passionate about staying in community with other pregnant moms, and that's helped me a lot, both during that time and after my babies were born. I took prenatal yoga every Monday night with both of the kids, and now I'm teaching prenatal yoga on Sunday mornings. I'm finding giant growth in working with moms-to-be. I'm so excited to begin teaching Fit for Baby through Fit for Mom at the end of the month. Every Wednesday morning during my second and third trimester, I took a strength class at Tone Zone in Conshohocken. David Mismer is so positive and motivating. I hope to bring this energy to my mom-to-be fitness classes on Wednesday evenings. It's important, especially if you're able to work out, each pregnancy is very different, to know how to safely work out and the proper modifications. Tying into this prenatal fitness, I'm really getting into postnatal care and wellness. With my first baby, I got into Baby Bean Yoga and Baby and Me Bar. I kept up with it even when he was too old to participate because I love the community and I love the babies. There's something so special about including your little one in your own fitness journey. Also, it's important to note that just like every birth story, everybody is different after giving birth. I always suggest taking your time getting back into anything extremely vigorous, which is why yoga and bar are my personal favorites. The impact is light, the results come quickly, and there are modifications for every person. I also want to add that I've known a lot of women who have adopted babies, and the postnatal baby activities are also really fun for any kind of parent. Um, it's a great way to stay connected with baby and even sometimes bring in other family members. Another hat that I am passionate about has been meeting up with other women in the area to go for runs. We've created a group and we meet twice a week now at different times. I've met a lot of amazing people through it. It's been so nice to have other women to run with. A lot of us recently did a turkey trot together and it was so exciting to do because I had that community. I love supporting other women's goals, and it's amazing how I've been supported back. 
This group forces me to get up and run because I don't like to let others down. Please share with me on social media what new hats you are wearing. You can follow me at Jennifer McCracken or FitFamConchi. And if you like this podcast, please follow and like on iTunes, Spotify, however you listen, and share with any friends who you think would like this episode. Right now, at the start of the new year, I'm at 300 downloads, and I'm floored with all the love and support from you. So the first portion of this podcast is the warm-up, introducing our guest. And today's topic is something I'm really interested in. I've been trying to keep our weekly grocery trips to 120 or less, but I'm not always successful in doing so. I have a special guest joining me to discuss how you can eat healthy on a budget. I've known her for about eight years, and she's fantastic. Our community member of the week on But First Stretch is Kelly Bates, registered dietitian and owner of Wayne Nutrition, LLC. Kelly has worked with me several times, first with me and my husband, and then when I was pregnant. She'll mention in the podcast episode, but you can actually go through insurance to see a dietitian. Kelly has also contributed to my Yoga for Athletes workshop, providing nutritional advice primarily for runners. You can also find Kelly on her personal blog, Kelly's Pantry. She was also featured on Good Day Philadelphia on Fox 29 News recently. She spoke about the new health trends of 2020. Kelly is also a new mom to a beautiful daughter. Speaking of that, both of our girls got to hang out at the recording, so please don't mind the cute noises in the background. Let's stretch our mind, body, and soul. Hi, Kelly. Welcome. Hey, Jen. Thanks for having me. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Why did you pursue nutrition as a profession? So it goes back to when I was in high school. I ran on the cross-country team, and our coach had a dietitian come in um, to talk to us about how what the foods we eat, how that affects our race performance. And I quickly learned that if I started eating healthier, I started running faster. Um, So that really piqued my interest. And then when I was in college, I took an intro to nutrition course, and I just found it fascinating. And all of my peers that took the class with me um, thought it was hard, and they thought it was boring, and I found myself, like, reading ahead. So... I realized that maybe maybe this is something that I should pursue. That's awesome. And you have kind of worked in different places, and you mm-hmm. finally started your own business. Yep. Tell us a little bit about that. What inspired you to start Wayne Nutrition? Sure. So um, when I was first out of grad school, I worked at Club La Maison, which is a health club um, in Wayne, Pennsylvania. And I was there for over five years, and I loved it. I loved working there because I'm very much into fitness. Um, But I found that there was only so much I could do there. Um, I couldn't really expand that much. So I talked to a couple of people and thought that, you know what, it would be fairly easy for me to go out on my own and open my own private practice, especially since most insurance companies reimburse for nutritional counseling. Um, So it's not even that I really had to advertise that much because a lot of doctors refer to me and most insurance companies cover the sessions at 100%. So my clients don't have to pay anything out of pocket, which makes it pretty easy to get willing uh, clients to come meet with me. Yeah, I think when I met with you first with Sean, I was under Aetna Mm -hmm. or Blue Cross and then it switched when, when I was pregnant with Brayden and 
Um, it was super nice to be able to see nutritionists, especially when I was pregnant and not necessarily, especially in the first trimester, able to eat all the foods, the healthy foods that I was so used to. Um, so it was really awesome being able to work with Kelly. Thank you. <laughs> um, so tell me a little bit about the most rewarding parts of your job. Why do you love working with people and nutrition? Yeah, so I love my job. And actually, I realized that when I was on maternity leave because a lot of people told me it would be really hard to go back to work. And I found that first week I was so excited. Um, and it's because I the people that I scheduled when I first came back were current clients. So like people I had been working with for months or even years. Um, so I find it extremely rewarding because a lot of these people see – very significant health improvements. Um, I certainly see people that lose weight, and losing weight is great, but a lot of people have gone off their diabetes medications. A lot of people are off their cholesterol medications. Um, and even just people telling me, like, their energy is so much better, they're sleeping so much better. So just things like that really make it worth my while to keep counseling them. Oh, that's awesome. It's so great to hear how um, just by visiting you maybe once a week, a few times a month, whatever it might be, people can <coughs> change their lifestyle. Exactly, yep. So what is the most challenging part of your job? Uh, I would say the most challenging is when people meet with me that I don't think are fully motivated or ready to make the change. Because um, I certainly have some people that take the time of their schedule to meet with me, but then when they come in, they basically tell me they don't have time to exercise, they don't have time to grocery shop, they don't have time to prepare their foods. And I'm usually willing to negotiate and try to come up with some compromise. Like some of my clients, I even tell them just try to fit in five to ten minutes of some form of movement each day. Um, but I've had some people that they're telling me they don't have all this time and then I learn that they're watching an hour of Judge Judy during the day. So <laughs> once I learn that, then I question, like, if you're watching this TV show, couldn't you be standing up and walking in place or doing something? Um, so I think it's more about trying to have people prioritize their health because um, there generally are ways that you can make the time to fit in some exercise and to food prep. So just it's just uh, figuring out where people's priorities are. Yeah, so as, as a nutritionist, what are things you tell your clients for, I guess, working out or fitness? Like, Yeah, so I do encourage people to try to get in at least 30 minutes of some movement each day. And again, I encourage them to try, I mean, even if they get 10 minutes at a shot. So um, for some people, I say, like, try to take a walk outside or even like walk around the house um, for 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes after lunch, 10 minutes after dinner. So ideally after you eat. Um, and, and for some people, like I have had a select few clients that work 12 hours a day, have an hour commute, have children. Like even I would struggle to find the time to exercise if I had that schedule. Um, so for those people, I you know, we try to come up with something like do jumping jacks for five minutes at the office or just try to do something that can get the blood moving and certainly on weekends try to utilize that extra free time that you have to, you know, do something positive for your body. Yeah, and Kelly and I are very similar at the beach. Like we can't sit still. Correct, yeah. We're always like going for walks. So, I yeah, yeah. I think that movement is super important. Absolutely.
All right, so we're going to dive into this workout portion of the show, the big meat and bones, essentially. Um, so Kelly came on to talk a little bit about meal, I guess, eating healthy on a budget. So what are your, what are your tips? Yeah, um, so I always say to people that it doesn't have to be very expensive to eat healthy. Um, I mean, my prime example is beans and legumes are some of the cheapest foods on earth, and they are certainly one of the healthiest because you can buy a pound of beans for a dollar, and that can last you many, many meals. Um, so I encourage people to eat a lot of beans. Um, if you have access to a place like Whole Foods or Wegmans where they have bulk foods, that's where I do a ton of my shopping. So I buy a lot of the grains in bulk, which kind of saves you the middleman and the packaging. So the cost is a lot cheaper there. Um, for clients that are not completely vegan, I do advocate um, buying eggs. Because um, my go-to like for a quick, easy meal is like, a mostly egg white vegetable omelet. Um, so I have buy, people buy even frozen vegetables when they go on sale. Um, and on that note, I tell people, like, I primarily just buy things when they're on sale. So I'll go to a supermarket, and if yogurt's not on sale that week, I won't buy the yogurts. But when they go on sale, I'll buy a ton. Um, or certainly buy them in, like, bulk at, like, a Costco where it's, like, two big tubs. Um so just trying to like look through the weekly circulars using coupons. Um, and then another food that I find is really cheap and a great source of protein that not everyone is keen on is cottage cheese. Um, yeah, she, she still hasn't <laughs> sold me on the cottage cheese. Because <laughs> when I was in college at grad school and living on a budget, I used cottage cheese for everything because um, it's a good snack. If I didn't have protein for a meal, I would just like mix that into like, vegetables and it kind of melts or use it in a casserole because you can kind of substitute it for a mozzarella cheese or something. So it's super cheap, great source of protein, has some calcium. Um, so that's, if people are willing to eat it, that's an easy place that you can get people eating pretty healthy um, for not much money at all. Gosh, that's awesome. Um, how much money do you think we should be spending on food per week? That's a good question and it probably depends on um, you know, the part of the country you're in, but I would say for like a family of four, probably somewhere around like a hundred, hundred twenty dollars a week. Um, you could do less than that. Um, it just depends. So like I personally go to a different store each week <laughs> because again, like I load up on certain things. So like I might hit a Wegmans one week, I might go to Whole Foods the next week. Trader Joe's the next week, and then either like an Acme Giant or even like a Costco another week, and kind of like buy items as I need them. Um, so for me, like the weekly and monthly spending kind of varies depending on where I've shopped. Yeah, that's awesome. I feel one of the things that a lot of people have spoken to me about is that they are spending like 100 75 200 dollars mm -hmm. a week on groceries and that can add up in someone's budget throughout time so what do you think are and you kind of mentioned a few of them before but what are some hurdles that people face when buying food like why do we spend so much money yeah so I think a lot of people don't fully you know prepare and meal prep for the week um so 
I like I know a lot of my clients will buy a ton of fresh vegetables and then they find out that tomorrow night they have to go out to dinner the next night uh, their friends invited them over so they have a lot of like wasted produce and and food waste is a huge problem um, in our country so I always tell people I personally have very little food waste because if I see that I have fresh vegetables and then a bunch of things come up that week um, that I won't be able to use the vegetables for, I will just cook them and I'll freeze them or I'll try to plan ahead like ways that I can use these vegetables um, without letting them go to waste. And every weight and nutrition client knows that I have people eat a ridiculous amount of vegetables. So I, <laughs> I cringe when people say they throw away vegetables because I'm like, you could be eating that as a snack or you know, make it into a soup or throw it into a smoothie. Just fi figure out a way to use it. Yeah, I think that's awesome because sometimes, and this is actually why I try not to stray from my list. Like there's some stores I don't like to go to because I'll see something like, oh, $5. And I'll keep doing that. Like I'll buy things in the store that I didn't anticipate buying. Mm -hmm. And then it's kind of sits around. Maybe I eat some of it. Maybe I forget about it. So Sometimes, like, there's some stores I need to avoid because I'll, like, be swayed by the cheap price, and then it ends up adding up on my bill anyway. So for me, yeah. I actually spend more money at Giant than I do Whole Foods uh -huh. because I get sidetracked. I'm like, oh, this is fun. Yeah. This is great. And then at the end of the week, we're, like, trying to, like, eat all this food that we didn't really need. Right. Yeah, and I'm, again, I'm a huge fan of people using their freezer. Um, you'll hear me say that over and over again. So for people's, that's, for people's schedules that are very unpredictable, um, like the frozen vegetables I think are key. Um, so I always have people stock up on that. If you make a chili, I say keep enough for like two days and then like freeze half of it. So even that way, if you are going to eat it later in the week, you can thaw it out, but if you happen to have something come up, then it's not wasted. You can save it for later. All right, so here's another question that I'm really interested in hearing from you. Is there a good way to eat a lot of veggies? Because you mentioned how, you know, eat all the vegetables um, without all the prep work. Like, how do you cut down the time? Yeah, so there's, uh, there's not an easy way to uh, cut down on the prep if you're buying fresh vegetables. Um, I mean, obviously, if you if budget isn't a concern, I do have people that are really, really busy just buy, like, the pre-cut vegetables or, like, a veggie tray just to keep in their fridge so that they eat it. Um, nowadays, I have a lot of people buying, like, the baby cucumbers and, like, mini peppers and things like that so they're already bite-sized and they're easy to eat. Um, but certainly when it comes to eating salads and stuff, there, there will be some prep to that. Um... So, like, what I do is I'll make, like, a huge salad, but I won't put anything that makes it, like, soggy in it. Um, so I won't cut the tomatoes or add the dressing. And But I'll cut, like, the cucumbers and peppers and throw that in with the lettuce. Um, and so that would keep for, like, two to three days. And then each day I'll just pull out some and then add, like, the tomato to it. Um, but, again, like, I rely heavily on frozen vegetables. <laughs> um, or if I... Do make the time to chop vegetables. I'll just like cook a bunch at one time. So I do encourage like roasting a ton of vegetables on a Sunday and then that can last you the next three days. Oh, that's awesome. So how does your meal prep look like on Sunday? Yeah. What you do? So 
my family jokes because if we're down the shore somewhere, I am really annoying. Like, guys, we need to get home. We need to get home. And it's because I need to like pack my lunches and food prep for the week. Um, so I make sure that like on a Sunday I'm home and I, that's when I take the time to chop all the vegetables. I roast a ton of vegetables. Um, if we're eating meat, then I'll throw like a bunch of chicken breasts in the oven or I'll crock pot something. Um, but I usually try to come up with like a meal that will last us for a couple of days. And that's also the day that I'll like bulk cook my quinoa or farro. So I'll have that for a couple of days. And then again, I'll freeze half of it so that I can use that at a later date. So it does, it takes time, but um, it saves me in the long run. That's awesome. And tell us a little bit more about farro. So farro is what they call an ancient grain. <laughs> and it is in the wheat family, so it does contain gluten. However, I found for a lot of my clients that believe themselves to be gluten intolerant, if they start eating things like farro and barley, that those don't generally cause an issue. Um, so it's more like the processed wheats that seem to be the problem. Um, but farro is like a, it's a nutty grain. Um, I would say a lot of my clients like it a lot better than quinoa. It looks more like a bigger brown rice kind of, but it's delicious. Mm, that sounds really good. Um, how about if those online, you can order foods like HelloFresh? What mm -hmm. are, do you think that those are reasonable for people on a budget or do you suggest hitting the grocery store? Yeah. No, I'm not a big advocate of those because I do find that they're not super budget friendly. They still require cooking. So some of them, like a lot of them require you to cook rice, in which case I would have my clients cook a barley or farro instead so in that case then they're going to need to buy their own whole grain um, and cook it so it doesn't really save you time um and then my I'm somewhat environmental too so there's just a ton of packaging which makes me cringe um because I think it's very wasteful so yeah I'm usually not on board with most of those I know that each day there's more coming out that are newer and so I'm not up to date on all the different varieties but in general from the ones I've looked at, they're not all that healthy, um, and a lot of them are very inconsistent with the nutritionals between each meal. Like one of their dinners might be 700 calories, the next dinner might be 300 calories. So from like a nutrition planning perspective, it's very hard for me to plan that into people's um, diets each week. Yeah. All right, and since both of us are moms, your mom, is she... Three months now? Three and a half, yeah. Three and a half months, and I have a six-month-old. My question is, what are suggestions for the babies? How can we make their transition to um, milk, formula, whatever, to solids? So, yeah, so I actually do work with a lot of mothers um, during this transitional phase, and my nephew is now nine months old, so he is, you know, experimenting with solid foods and stuff, and I find myself, like, looking at the little baby jars that they're buying for him. And a lot of them are just very basic ingredients. Um, so like, for example, I encourage people instead of buying a jar of mashed bananas, you could buy a banana and mash it. Um, and I realize that not every mother has all the time in the world to like cook broccoli and puree it. So I certainly understand, you know, buying some jars of things, but for things like bananas or applesauce um I 
Again, back to the oat bran. Oat bran is a food that you can introduce pretty early on to babies, um, and that's totally acceptable by young babies because it's a very smooth texture. Um, So any foods like that that are very easy to cook and mash yourself, I think I would definitely encourage people to use, like, the freshest, rawest ingredients you can. Yeah, I think my, one of my favorites is sweet potato, mm-hmm. just because you can do a lot of stuff with that. Yep. You can put it in muffins. You can do, you know, I guess like taco nights with a sweet potato casserole. Mm-hmm. So I'm a big, I'm a big fan of the sweet potatoes, and my three year old son still likes the sweet potato puree. Yeah. So <laughs> it's it's like an easy one. It never goes bad. Right. But you also a good thing to do is when you do it, do it in bulk. Like mm-hmm. if you're going to I don't know, do a thing of broccoli and get that all ready. Put some in the freezer so you yep. can take it out later. And I think that was a really good advice. Again, utilize that freezer. Mm-hmm. And um, I would say avocados, too, are a big baby's first food that a lot of uh, the mothers that I work with enjoy feeding their child because those are super nutritious. They're full of healthy monounsaturated fats. You're getting folate and fiber, um, and it's tasty. So it's a good thing to mix in with um, perhaps some other vegetables. Yeah. Oh, and going back to that oat bran, yeah. sometimes if you mix a little bit of formula or milk into ah! it, um, the babies like it. Yeah. Yeah, like I know we tried water with my daughter, and she was like, what are you giving me? <laughs> and then when we added the milk into it, she was like, oh, this is delicious. Yeah. I will eat this. Yeah. No, that's good. Awesome. Um, so three questions. The three questions that I'm going to ask everybody. Uh, what stretches are you doing in your own life? So... Something to stretch your mind, body, or soul? Um, so I would say my daily stretch is actually finding some way to work out or move throughout the day. So even if it's just me walking to or from work, I find that I really need that because it allows me my own private time, um, allows me to kind of like reflect on the day and kind of like decompress. So personally, I think it's really important for me to find – some time to get the blood flowing and just, you know, a little mental break from life and work and babies and all that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. And what is, I mean, this might even be the answer to that. What is something you're enjoying doing in your life for you like right now? Um, yeah, again, the, the working out. That's <laughs> the main thing that I'm doing for myself right now. Um, and even if, you know, I have my little baby with me in the living room while I'm doing a workout video, it's still a good time to um, kind of kind of lets me zone out or um, get some stress out or whatever I'm thinking about. You know, gives me some time to work through that. Yeah, that's awesome. And what is something you cannot stop talking about? Um, uh, that's an interesting question. <laughs> um. I mean, obviously, I just had a baby, so I can't stop talking about her. Um, but, hmm, I don't even know. I mean, everyone, again, that knows me knows I can't stop talking about oat bran. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't really know. Talk about my baby. Talk about oat bran. <laughs> That's so sweet. <laughs> um, Kelly is the kind of person that shows up to parties with, like, good, healthy food. Always. And it's, like, the best. You know when Kelly's invited, <laughs> there'll be something good to eat there. 
So thank you so much, Kelly, for joining me. I really appreciate it. This was such a fun episode. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for having Baby Ace, too. (laughs) So before we enter the cool-down portion of the podcast, I wanted to do a quick recap of my conversation with Kelly. So the first thing that I think was really important that she said was use your freezer. So if you think there's going to be any kind of food waste, don't be afraid to cook it, throw it in your freezer for later. She's also really big on the meal prep. That's something that I spoke about in the episode before. And sometimes taking that extra time early on makes it easier to, one, save money, and two, save time as the week starts to unravel. Another thing that I thought was really interesting that Kelly said was to shop at a lot of different places. So she won't go to Wegmans maybe two weeks in a row if there's a really good sale somewhere else. Um, So she's always looking around for where there are sales and where she can get different kinds of food. So for example, if you want to go bulk bin shopping, you might have to go to that store. And I know I like to keep a lot of things in my pantry that I can just cook really quickly, like the quinoa. I like that she brought the farro. That sounds like something really fun to try this week for my family. Um, And another thing that she suggested that's pretty cheap, it's good for protein, is the cottage cheese. I like how you could also substitute that for a lot of other dairy-like products in food. Um, Finally, as she's mentioned a few times in the show, oat bran is the way to go, and that's something you can definitely buy in the bulk bin sections. Um, Very healthy for you, very filling, and you can even perhaps add berries or like I said with like mixing some pumpkin puree and it makes it taste good for us. So I hope you really enjoyed the things that Kelly had to say and if you are interested in following her blog it's kellyspantry.blogspot.com. It'll be in the show notes at the end. Um, Her website is waynenutrition.com and you can email her at kelly at waynenutrition.com. So please check her out. And now we're going to come to our cool down meditation. Perhaps keep a notebook nearby in case you want to jot something down. And in theme with this episode, we're going to have a healthy body meditation. Come to a comfortable seat, either on the floor or chair. If you're on a chair, please make sure your feet are touching the earth. Close or lower your eyes. Take a few breaths here, letting the nervous system settle. Pause and allow yourself some time to set an intention to reach a healthy goal. Whatever that is that you individually want or need. Then let the intention go. It sets up the energy for the meditation. 
Bring your attention to the, your breath. Breathing in and exhaling out. Notice the belly expand and contract on each breath. Let this rhythm begin to allow you to relax. If thoughts arise during the meditation, notice them, and then gently return back to the meditation, allowing yourself to listen and to breathe. Notice the weight of the body. Bring awareness to the entire body. Into the toes. The feet. The ankles the shins, the calf muscles, the knees, the tops of the thighs, the hamstring, the hips, the belly, the sides of the body, the chest. The fingertips, the wrists, the forearms, the elbows, the biceps, and triceps. The shoulders, the neck, the mouth, the nose, the eyes and eyelids, the ears, the top of the head. Bring your attention to your lungs. Each breath brings expansion to the lungs. Imagine the lungs expanding on each breath in.
Visualize the oxygen circling throughout the bloodstream. Notice the exhale and visualize the carbon dioxide exhaled out. Focus on the breath and the lungs. Lungs take more than 6 million breaths per year and they are healthy. Say to yourself, my lungs are healthy. My lungs are healthy. My lungs are healthy. Bring your attention to your heart. Notice it beating inside your chest. It's beating regularly, pumping blood throughout the body. Feel its energy. Feel its strength. Feel wellness in the heart. Say to yourself, my heart is healthy. My heart is healthy. My heart is healthy. If emotions arise, it is normal. Let the emotions settle in a circle around the heart. 
breathe into the heart space. Notice. Bring your attention to the digestive system. Starting first with the tongue. Can you taste anything? Next, visualize the esophagus. the stomach, the intestines, all the organs involved. Your food is being digested by the intestines, giving the body energy. Your digestive system is working to keep your body healthy. Your body is full of energy. Waste is being carried away. The body is cleansed. Toxins are being swept away. Feel gratitude for this amazing body you are experiencing life in. You are going to take care of your body. Let the gratitude circulate throughout the body, starting with the heart, pumping throughout as the blood circulates.
Feel gratitude for the lungs as they send oxygen throughout the body. Send gratitude down through the digestive system as it works to remove toxins and helps your body remain healthy. Imagine a glowing light radiating from your body. It becomes an oval shape around your body. Say to yourself, I am healthy. I am strong. I will give my body what it needs to function healthily each day. Take a few moments to breathe in meditation. When you are ready, gently flutter open your eyes and return to your day. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of But First Stretch. Please remember to subscribe to my channel and if you have any questions, please let me know. I'd love to meet you and reach out to you. You can follow me at FitFamConchi on Facebook and Instagram, as well as my own Instagram page, Jen McCracken. Have a wonderful day.